And God's people joined and said, Amen. Jesus said, I am making all things new. He said, these words are trustworthy and they are true. He said, it is finished. He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him or her who thirsts, I will give to drink from the spring of the water of life. There is indeed no more night. Thank you, choir. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, you will find our text for this morning. It's a very familiar text to you and me. It's known as the Beatitudes, the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Follow along in your Bibles or on the words as they appear on the screen this morning. Jesus said, he went up on the mountainside to his disciples and began to teach him, and he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, he said, because... Great is your reward in heaven, for in the name, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Last week, about a dozen of our 55 plus, we call them the prime timers here at HRBC, about a dozen of our prime timer members and I attended the Virginia Baptist Senior Adult Retreat at Eagle Irie near Lynchburg. Eagle Irie is one of our state denominations campgrounds. Beautiful, beautiful retreat center. And Dr. Tom Stocks, who is the senior pastor up at Bonaire, our mother church, was the keynote preacher, the camp pastor for us during our three days there. And each of Tom's sermons reflected on the theme of living our dash. Each of his sermons reflected on the well-known poem entitled The Dash, which is written by a woman named Linda Ellis. In the poem, she beckons us to examine how we live our life. She states that it is not our date of birth or date of death that is important, but rather the dash between the two numbers how we live our life. The last part of her poem reads, So, when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent 
your dash. In each of Tom's messages, he had a tagline. Do the best you can with what you have wherever you are. Do the best you can with what you have wherever you are. If you're a note writer, I've given you some space in the sermon notes. That might be something you want to jot down today. Do the best you can with what you have wherever you are. Those words encouraged me during those few days with our folks up there at Eagle Irie. I hope that this message encourages you as well. By the way, I was, you know, I drove the bus, and, uh, but they said that since I hit 50 this year that I did qualify technically for the retreat. So that's kind of a new thing for me. Uh, some of you would love to go, if you're in that demographic, would love to go next year uh, during the third week of October. So there'll be more about that later, but wonderful time we had. And over the course of my ministry, about 20 years in pastoral ministry, often people will come and they will say to me, Pastor Bob, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have spent my time in a different way. I wish I would have served God better. Uh, I, I just I feel like I've left some things undone. I wish I were a better person. Sometimes people who are reflecting on the end because there's been a diagnosis and there's not much time, and they start reflecting on their life and wishing they would have spent it differently. And I, I feel that way too, and maybe you do. I wish I would have, could have, should have. Let me just say that we Baptists are really good about making ourselves feel really guilty. We're, if we're not careful, kind of works-oriented, we're focused on the doing and not as much on the being. And when we don't feel that we've done as much doing, then we start to feel you know, those guilty feelings. Let me just say that the God who stepped down the back stairs of heaven and became a human being to dwell among us simply wants us to be faithful, obedient servants and not to heap uh, coals of guilt upon ourselves. God wants us to do the best we can with what we have wherever we are. When I enter the gates of heaven someday, I long to hear the words, Bob, well done, good and faithful servant. I desire to receive the blessing of God, to live as a faithful servant in the here and now, to give others what I have so generously received from God, to do the best I can with what I have wherever I am. I believe this is part of what it means to live the blessed life. The blessed life, the word blessed that Jesus uses here in the Beatitudes. The word blessed means sheer happiness or bliss or joyous thrill or radiant gladness. One scholar has stated that to be blessed means a permanent joy that nothing or no one in the world can take away, that the Christian has a serene and untouchable joy which comes from walking forever in the company and in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed. In verse 6 of our text, the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I want to focus on that one today in the time that we have. To be blessed. 
is to hunger and thirst for righteousness, and God's promise is that we who do that will be filled. The word filled can also be translated to be satisfied. The Greek word that is translated filled comes from the same word that means green grass. It is to be provided for by God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. To be filled is to be nurtured by God, who desires that we have abundance. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we will be filled with what matters most. But so many Christians today are not filled with what matters most. Why do I miss that sometimes? Maybe we are not filling ourselves with things that matter. We are filling ourselves with things that don't matter. God desires we fill ourselves with righteousness, right living, doing the right thing for the right reasons in the way we live to please God. We are filling ourselves, however, with substitutes instead of righteousness. I want to take a few moments to do some word study, help us to unpack the meaning of a couple words. Most of the time when we see the verbs that have to do with hunger and thirsting in the scripture, they take the genitive case, which means of or from something, part of something. Scholars call it the genitive partitive, a part of something. The idea is that I hunger for a piece of bread some bread or a drink of water, some of the pitcher, some bread, but not the whole loaf, uh, a little bit of water, but not the whole pitcher. That's generally how we see it used. I'm hungry and I need some bread. In most cases, a person is hungry for a piece of bread and a drink of water. But Jesus does something unusual here with these words. The Greek verb takes what scholars call the direct accusative. This means that the person hungers and thirsts not for, for a part, but for the whole thing. In other words, I want the whole loaf. I want all of it. I want the whole. Or I want the whole pitcher, not just a sip. This is what is happening in this text. The correct translation could then be, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the whole righteousness of God or the complete righteousness of God. Maybe we call that shalom. In the Hebrew text, shalom means wholeness or completeness or fullness. Maybe this is what Jesus means when he says to pray on earth as it is in heaven. We want to be so blessed as to hunger and for and thirst for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are not satisfied when we don't see that happening. When we seek God's complete righteousness, we are not satisfied with being part-time followers of Jesus. We preach and teach the whole counsel of God and know that when we hunger for all that God offers to us, we will be indeed blessed. Blessed. Incomplete righteousness is when we are maybe a good person, but at the same time, judgmental, harsh, and uncaring. This beatitude says that it is not enough to be satisfied with partial goodness, but rather we must seek God's goodness in total. 
Blessed is the one who longs for total righteousness as a starving person longs for food and as a man perishing longs for a thirst of water. For that man or woman will be truly satisfied. So we ask a question as we seek to live our dash to be faithful servants. What do you hunger for in your life? What do I hunger for? In your family, in your work, in your dorm room, in the classroom, with your friends, on social media, when no one's looking. What do you hunger for? If I asked your family this question, how would they answer? If you asked my family, how would they answer? If you said, Isabella, what is your dad hunger and thirst for? What would she say? If she says it to you, let me know so that I can get things right, right? Okay, right? If we're honest, many of us will say that we are hungering and, that we are hungering and thirsting for things other than God. And we'd like to get better. Things are out of balance and need a course correction. Maybe using the, the words hunger and thirst, maybe we need to change our appetite, make some intentional decisions to feast on some different things, less on the junk food and more on the spiritual food that we might hunger and thirst for the things of God, not all of the distractions. I believe if we start pursuing God, suddenly we will see the benefits of being led by the Spirit of God. We will long for more and more of God and less and less of the other stuff. We will hunger and thirst for righteousness. We will desire the good and pleasing and perfect will on, of God on this side of eternity. Ultimately, as God's people, we will be filled we will be satisfied. We will experience what Paul deemed contentment in Philippians chapter 4. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This morning as we gather around the Lord's table, we have a beautiful reminder of the fact that Jesus gave his all to us. It wasn't just part of a sacrifice. He gave it all. And this is a memorial meal where we gather to remember that night where he took bread around his disciples and blessed it and gave thanks and said, this is my body which is given for you. As often as you meet, take, eat, this do in remembrance of me. And Jesus, taking the cup, blessing and poured it out, said, this is my body, which is my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of your sins and the sins of many. As often as you eat meat together, drink it. This do in remembrance of me.